Let's say in 2024, you want to make your portfolio the best you've ever had and reduce stress and anxiety over your investments. How do you go about it? Common portfolio management advice includes diversification, rebalancing, and things of that sort. You've probably heard of those strategies too many times and I don't want to repeat them here. I want to go through the steps no one talks about. Those steps and tips are based on what I've learned in two decades of investing in the stock market and studying the best investors such as Warren Buffett, the late Charlie Munger, Howard Marks, and Peter Lynch. They can truly level up your portfolio in 2024. Follow along and decide which step to apply to your portfolio. Let's talk about that. I'm Hoda Mare, founder and CEO of Stockart, a fintech startup from California that helps you do your fundamental stock market research better and faster. On this show, I share detailed fundamental analysis, like a few episodes ago on how Uber reached profitability, or talk about investing-related tips and stories like today's episode to help you level up your investing skills. If you are new here, Join us by subscribing. Step one to level up your portfolio is to know your real investment return. I know you can look at your portfolio in whatever brokerage applications you use to invest and know your investment return immediately. However, there are a few problems with those portfolio returns. Most brokerage applications do not keep and count your sold positions in your total return if you withdraw the money. Once you sell a position and withdraw the money, winner or loser, it will no longer include that transaction in your total return. Moreover, if you have more than one brokerage with your retirement account in one app and your stock investments in several apps such as Robinhood, Webull, and others, getting your real investment return over multiple portfolios is almost impossible. If you do not track your buy and sell decisions in one central place outside your brokerage apps, it is very possible that you are losing money in the market and you don't even know it. As they say, what gets measured gets managed. If you don't measure your real return, including everything you've sold to take profit off the table or panic sold position because the price was going down, you never know what your actual rate of return is over the entire year and across several years. You can't manage your portfolio effectively in this scenario. In 2024, before starting a new portfolio or adding and removing things to your current portfolio, create the central place to put all your buy and sell decisions and calculate your real return, including what you've sold. Sticking to this process year over year is important too because you may lose money in one year, but you want to ensure you can recoup the losses in the next few years. You want to set the foundation correctly to calculate your total return across all your investments and over the years. How do you do this? Start a Google Sheet and record every time you decide to buy or sell a holding. There are obviously apps too. For example, my company and Stockard has a portfolio feature 
built exactly for that purpose. It's free and I use it myself, but it requires you to enter your trades manually. You can also use portfolio tracker apps like ShareSide or Kubera and pay a relatively small fee to have everything in one place. Without knowing what you are doing, there is really no way to plan to improve things. Step two is to compare your return, the real return we just discussed, to the S&P 500 index. So why do we invest? Most of us want to make money, of course, and I know some of you are investing because it is fun and you enjoy the process. That's all good. I love the process of investing and quite enjoy it too. But if you think about it logically, you put time and effort into researching the stocks and ETFs, even those who like to follow the news on social media as their only way of researching the stocks and ETFs, they spend at least 20, 30 minutes per investment to read the news and research online. So if your effort makes less money than the alternative of sitting on your hands and investing in S&P 500 or high interest government bonds, you have to ask yourself why you are doing this. Every logical person has to be honest with themselves and agree with the logic. If you put time and effort into something, you should get a higher return than the alternative of not doing anything. This is very easy to do if you ask me, if you already have a central place to track the performance of your portfolio in the previous step. Write down the value of S&P 500 index ETF on the day you buy anything, and then calculate return for that alternative investment the same way you calculate your actual investment return and see if your individual decisions and your portfolio in general are beating the market. If you don't want to do this for all of your portfolio because it takes time or there are too many orders, do it for the top 10 holdings and see the results. If your top 10 holdings are overperforming the market, you're probably all right. On the other hand, if even your top 10 holdings are underperforming the S&P 500, you have to ask yourself what is going wrong with your portfolio and a stock picking approach. Step number three is to identify how many stocks and ETFs you should own. Some of you know and follow my real money portfolio on a stock card. Judging by the average return of roughly 400% for all my investment decisions since 2014, it's a good portfolio beating the S&P 500 average return nicely in the same time period. I'm also emotionally attached to this portfolio because I've used it to fund building our company, a stock card, and pay the down payment for our house. So overall, it's not a bad portfolio, but it has started to stress me out to point that I have stopped investing in individual stocks in the portfolio for a while and just kept up with our automated index investing through our 401k account that isn't included in my portfolio on stock card. Why does my portfolio stress me? There are over 100 stocks and ETFs in it. I find myself wide awake at night thinking about some of the stocks and ETFs in the portfolio that I haven't dug into for a long time. And I spend a lot of time researching the stocks and ETFs every day because of my work. The more stocks and ETFs you have in your portfolio, the more time you need to track them. Even a technology savvy individual who uses good research platforms to do research better and faster can't keep up with hundreds of stocks and ETFs. Some of you have heard about big name investors like Peter Lynch, 
who had more than a thousand stocks in his market beating Magellan fund for over a decade. Honestly, that was my model back in 2014. But Peter had a team of analysts supporting him. Recently, in a book written by Peter Lynch's prodigy, Joel Tillinghast, I learned Peter was maniacal about getting his research done through his team of analysts. So the amount of stuff in your portfolio has to be proportionate to the time it takes to research and keep up with them. Even if you are a long-term holder like me, you have to check in with the companies in your portfolio roughly once a year or so to ensure there is no fraud in the worst case scenario or whether there are opportunities to add more in the best case scenario. Applying this step is rather easy. Do a quick mental math and see how much time you have each month to research stocks and divide that by the average time you allocate to research a stock or an ETF to see how many stocks or ETFs you can research per month. Multiply that by 12 for 12 months and this number is a good indication of how many stocks and funds you should hold in your portfolio. So let's do a math for me. I have about two hours per day to research stocks and ETFs, which gives me about 40 hours per month allocated to stock market research. Remember that researching is part of my work if that number of hours seems a lot. Then historically, I need about five hours of high quality research to make a buy or sell decision. So my 40 hours per month gives me about eight stocks to research each month, and that's about 100 stocks researched properly each year eight times 12. But then you don't buy or sell every stock you research. Even if I invest in 20% of the stocks and ETFs I research, my portfolio can't be more than 20 stocks. You should do a similar rough calculation to figure out how many stocks you must buy or sell each year. The more time you have available to research and check in with your holdings in your portfolio roughly once a year, the more stocks and ETFs you can have in your portfolio. By limiting yourself to the number of stocks and ETFs you can handle in your portfolio, you will end up making tough choices between a so-so company and a really good company that deserves a spot in your portfolio. As Warren Buffett puts it, if you think of your portfolio like a 20-slot punch card, you don't allow just any company to enter the portfolio. You only invest in the best. Following today's three steps will definitely set your foundation to elevate your portfolio in 2024. A good portfolio management process allows you to generate higher returns and reduce stress and anxiety. Next week on the show, we will stay on the topic of leveling up your portfolio and investing skills, and I will share how to reduce risk in your portfolio. Let me know in the comments what you decide to do with your portfolio in 2024. And by the way, if you need one-on-one -on -one help to assess your current portfolio and set up the foundation correctly, we are launching a one-on-one -on -one coaching program starting in 2024. The link to sign up is in the show notes if you want to join us. I'll see you next time.